Yes, yes, hello. We are back. We were gone for a while, but we are back now. John and I, we come at you with a new episode, and it's just us, just the two, the OGs. And in this episode, we talk specifically about strength training for endurance athletes. So myself, I don't know much about a lot, but I feel like I do know a lot about strength training when it comes to running. And uh, a conversation with John today, we talk a lot about how runners can really maximize their potential as athletes by incorporating strength training into their routine. Uh, we talk about how to handle soreness, some ways, some of the best exercises for you to start, some of the mistakes that runners are making when they first start out with a strength training program. So all those things are tied up in the conversation today. Um, so I think there's a lot of really good, useful content for you in here and I really do want you to start to think about putting a strength training program into place if you haven't yet already. And uh, one thing that we have worked on uh, is putting together a 16-week strength training program that is specifically designed for the endurance athlete, the runner in particular. So um, that is just released just this past week. And uh, right now, I would love to share a little bit more details with you uh, about that. So if you wanted to give us a shout um, Please reach out, reach Rich at reinforcedrunning.com. Follow us at social, on social media, uh, wherever you can. So, um, with that in mind, uh, here's the podcast episode talking about strength for the endurance athlete. And before we do get to it, I'd love for you to rate and review. It means a lot to us, helps us out a lot. And if you can hit the subscribe button so you can get these episodes directly to your feed each and every week so that I don't have to remind you via social media and all these other platforms. Uh, so subscribe button, super important. Um, love for you to do that. Um, cool. And with that, here's our episode on strength training. And we are on. John Williams, what's up, dude? What's up, buddy? Not too much, man. It's been a while. How are things? You were, uh, you guys were uh, doing some travel. Yeah, up north, back, back visiting the family. Uh, it was, yeah, we were looking for maybe a little less humidity, but unfortunately, when we were up there, it was pretty much. Pretty much the same up your way. It sounds like it's still. Uh, although I did hear that you guys may have got a couple of days of uh, of cooler weather. I like was even dropped into the sixties one night. Yeah, it, was, Must it have was, been. It was like sixty something this morning. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was really nice. Yeah, I had a, a race this weekend, and the, the weather was absolutely perfect. It was out in like the mountains of West Virginia, though, so the, I think it's just a little cooler there. Um, and what were you just visiting the fam up here? Oh, yeah, or, always or good to get up there. Yeah, just visiting my in laws, visiting um, my family. Always. Try to fit in a trip to Wistahickon and uh, oh, did you? you know, get it? Yeah. Did you go by the- I, yeah, I, I was down at the other end. I started at the other end. Although I don't even know when you where which side you guys started on, but um, uh, yeah, I just I just you know we don't get a lot of trails down here, shaded trails, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna my 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 in laws live pretty close to the Wistahickon. I just I don't know I I just have a I know we did a I just used to get kind of sick of it in college because we used to run it a lot and for those of you who don't know what the Wissahickon is it's 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 a it's a five mile stretch of pretty wide very packed gravel that's a pretty would you say a pretty famous running spot in Philadelphia right I yeah mean, it's like our it's, only real like single there like single track trail system and like you, what you're talking about is like the Forbidden Drive part yeah right? yeah the like Forbidden Drive yeah yeah I should yeah, yeah totally so if you run anything trails are off the road that you you go to the west or if you want to go do any type of hiking yeah um, I imagine for for what you're like for the OCR stuff and some of the climbing so do you do you do the 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 um the, both sides of that you know just to kind of get because there's like some rougher terrain and yeah it, it's good for like the footing um but i stick with belmont man i just know belmont it's a little bit closer yeah. um what's hickens 
from Center City, it's still like a five and a half, six miles and, a, and like a bike ride to get out there. Yeah, it's this like, is beautiful. This is on the other side. So I was like coming in from the uh, the Bruno's side, like the, the I guess the Germantown Pike. It's so much easier yeah, yeah. from that side because you don't have to deal with that whole Lincoln Drive, oh, yeah. um, you know, like, you know. And I get nightmares of Glavin zipping around there too, so. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever gone in on that side. They have races and stuff. They do trail racing out there too. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like run run for the hell of it or something like that. That's out there. I think they do or like fun, fun pun names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was good to get 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 back up up north and then just back here back back to the grind. You know, I heard. So I I was hesitant to maybe I didn't know if you even wanted to talk about this, but you had a heck of a weekend yourself. Uh, big win, five hundred dollars to take take the little lady out to a steak dinner maybe. Steak dinner, man. That's that's always the plan. So yeah, I ran <laughs> this weekend was West Virginia, uh, which is the North American Championships for the Spartan Race. Um, so it's a big race for the year, but so there's they they it's what's called a trifecta weekend. Pretty much every race for Spartan, they'll have a longer race on Saturday and then a shorter race on Sunday. So usually it would be like a beast, which is like the longest distance, and and I'll follow with like a sprint. Or like a super and a sprint. Or sometimes I'll do back-to-back sprints. Whatever. And there are certain spots where they will do trifecta weekends. And a trifecta is when you can earn all... Um, like, is when you do three all three of the races throughout the entire yeah. year. Then you get your trifecta. It's like a real smart way that they've gamified racing. They give you like mm-hmm. a fun medal. Like these little metal pieces all stick together. And they together piece and they, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then they like upsell you so you can buy like this mantle. They give you a whole... They're like in a club, I think. Um... <laughs> But like another accomplishment that they put on top was like do a trifecta all in one weekend, so that was so you can do the beast on Saturday, the super Sunday morning, and then a sprint Sunday afternoon, and then you could have yeah. it all. And they give you a goofy medal at the end or something like that, like a. Uh, I would imagine. <laughs> I don't know. I, just get a bunch of t-shirts, and uh, I, I think I was thinking about doing it. Do you know what you know what I'm referring to there, right? Like the goofy and yeah, because um, like you, now you can do the five k, ten k, half marathon, and marathon, the, and the goofy and dopey. Yeah, the, yeah I think Disney. I guess the dopey is all four, right? And then the I goofy think is all four. Goofy is, but that is smart on their in, in like in, in their from their perspective because I'm sure you know for whatever reason people want to do all three. It's really um, smart, and it's like it's something else for people to shoot for. You know, like that those end up being the goal for people's year if they're not really interested in like time. Uh, and they just want to push themselves and, and maybe not do something like an ultra and still yeah. have fun. Um, like the Spartan race is good for that. And like something like Disney races are like the best, like they're so organized and it's just like a really good experience. Um, printing money, printing money, man, printing money, man. I think it's like the, $700 to do all four or something like that. Yeah. Um, but a- Amy went down and did it, uh, did the half last year. Her, her and like her best friend did the half marathon. Um, so I went and like watched down at Disney and it's cool. Like it's a good yeah. experience, man. Like they, They're, I mean, they know how to organize that. people. You know, like I've they, been there. Yeah, yeah. They obviously have that down, right? So like, that's you their know, business. Parking, getting people in there, in and out, like making yeah. it fun there. And there's there's a there's a Star Wars race here. The big nerd that I am. There's one in February that I actually might might check out now that it's two hours away. What do you think? Um, What's the winning time? You know, that's a good question. That's a really good. There's one down here. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't really like. I, I, I get myself into some danger when I start thinking in, in, in that way because, you know, sometimes I'm like, because there's one in Fort Lauderdale and I think the winner was like 113, 115. And I'm like, hmm, like maybe I add a little mileage here, mileage yeah. there. Maybe, maybe I get down there. But, you know, it's like, 
Um, but even then, you know, there's, there's, a, I guess just figuring out like where, uh, I bet it's probably like in that, like one, one 12 to one fifteen range is you probably think it's the winner. Typically it's just like, it's not very deep, right? Like, so there'll just be somebody who shows up who that knows actually, no one's going to show up and they're yeah. just, they'll take home the win, you know? That is um, actually what it was like for the Disney. I, I, I think they just called it the Disney half. It was some dude who ran something pretty impressive. He may have run like 110, but it was, he was literally all by himself. Like, yeah, he was probably, it was probably somebody who just like, yeah, could run one away and just like, what's like getting an extra effort in. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe just temp, tempo and like, but still like paying that. Anyway, so there's this trifecta weekend for Spartan. And uh, so, and it's the North American Championships is the first race on Saturday. So that's everybody's goal race is doing that race. So that was the ultimate race on Saturday. Was It's the beast distance. For me, it didn't go great. I had a, a, set, a couple setbacks leading into the race where I couldn't do anything really race specific. And I couldn't get on trail very much. Um, and so that didn't go great. And it, and it kind of fell apart on me late and ended up like 22nd. I figured if I was like... Anywhere, like, top 10 would have been a stretch. Like, 15, I, I figured, would have been a good spot. And I was kind of sitting there. And then I just kind of, like, without the amount of volume I needed leading into I just, like, kind of fell apart. And, um, but the next day was the super. So I was like, all right, I'll come back. I feel healthy. I'm, I'll, I'll come and run again. And usually when they have these back-to-back races at these, like, national series races, there's going to be a handful of guys that, that do double back of uh, some of the top guys. Um but not a lot of them did. There was only like two or three guys that were really there who did well. There was two guys who had beat me the day before who had raced. Um, but yeah, I just I felt better the next day. And uh, about halfway through, I was just kind of by myself and ended up kind of running away with it. So um, they still give money on those second races, which is sweet. So yeah, that's it, what I uh, said, yeah. Yeah, so got a c- couple bucks out of it. And, you know, it's just fun. It's always fun to like sure. be, be the first one to cross. And, it, it, and like it... it gave me a different perspective on the weekend like if I just had the beast I would have been like uh I don't know how I'm feeling I don't know what, what kind of fitness I'm I'm in right now but um after running the super yeah so, and, so you're glad you, you came back I'm glad, and, I'm glad yeah, I did I, was, I mean I'm it's gonna like make me need to recover a little bit longer but that's fine but it just it's you know race specific and you can't get it's hard to be specific with this stuff without actually being on well the congrats sir we're very proud of you here oh well thank you you guys are so nice everybody's so nice to me it's so good um well cool man so we haven't been on in a minute but so we do want to pop on and kind of dive in uh to a topic that we both feel is very important and maybe not as explained or talked about as much in the running community which is strength training um and this is a hill that i've like planted my flag in and i know firsthand that it's really important really can help runners and from my own perspective and some from from a lot of the runners who have coached and seeing the benefits that they've gotten uh, we just kind of wanted to really dive in and, and talk about some of the the misnomers of strength training and, and really some of the specific things that runners should be doing that they might not be doing or, or clear those things up and really kind of figure out like w- what it is that strength training does for a runner and like really how to implement that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so with that said, like at a very high level, like what – because I think even strength training is, is a very broad term, right? So like for you – and from your perspective, like maybe try to hone in for the listeners a little bit as to what strength training is more specifically when it comes to not necessarily just running, but some of the things maybe running and some of the other. I think it's a little more obvious what it what it might be for OCR. 
Yeah. Um, so like maybe just if you want to touch on both of those things, but I think more specifically, more from a person at a personal level, from a running perspective, what is strength training? Sure. And, and, we'll, and we'll talk about strength training and, and it does translate to OCR because a lot of it is running. So we're going to talk about yeah. how strength training will help your run specifically, not maybe not like each particular race. And, and, and in, what we're talking about now is more like weightlifting, like using weights, using resistance training. Um, because I know a lot of times people can refer to strength training as something like doing hill repeats, which mm-hmm. yes, is a form of, uh, is essentially a form of, of resistance training, but we want to talk about like the weight room, uh, things you can do outside of running that will help your running and not just being like, not just banging at it really hard and, and making it be like running, running, running and doing all these, some, literally some of these extra things that will help increase your efficiency, increase your power output, uh, activate some more muscle. And those are some things that um, is what we're referring to when we're talking about strength training in this sense. I see. So um, so more specifically, when um, when we're talking about, like, obviously there's a lot of different things you can do, right? So, like, there's – and there's a lot of different philosophies. And then when it comes to the strength training, um, you know, I would imagine some people – a lot of the questions that we get and we see even, like, just whether it's on social media – is like, where do I start? Like, how do I, what, where's, where's the beginning for something? Let's say I'm somebody who's running every day and, um, and, uh, and I, I know that maybe, and I've been hearing about strength training and, and I want to start to look into it or start to incorporate some of that. Where, where, where does somebody start? Um, I guess in the simplest sense, like where do they, where do they start if they want to start to look, look at that and how to improve the running? Yeah, so there's a couple things when it comes to like where to start, and I feel like a lot of times for anybody who's starting some sort of weight training program, even if it's like say someone's New Year's resolution or someone just joined the gym, they just kind of go to the gym and just kind of look around and see what everybody else is doing, and they don't really have any sort of set direction, or maybe they found something in like a a Runner's World magazine or something like that, and then they just take those things and just take it into the weight room, and... I would really start with having some sort of set plan, um, which is obvious from our perspective as coaches. Like, yeah, get a get a program and then and then figure that out. Um, and another part that people really struggle with is the soreness aspect. And I think we've actually had this conversation before, and um, and how that pertains to uh, the rest of your training is that you people feel like when they run and lift weights are going to end up being more sore, which is going to be detrimental ultimately. And so it really is just, just getting started and kind of starting that adaptation process so that you can get through that soreness piece as soon as possible. Yeah, I would imagine most people when they first started running, there was some soreness involved there too, right? And, and I think that you, you just start to get in tune with that and like your body adapts. It's still just because you're not I – th- I used to think that for a while that if you weren't sore, right – it's for the little bit of strength training that I've done throughout the years is if we weren't getting sore, it wasn't working. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, at yeah. least then you, when you are sore, you know, you're, you're working hard, but it's not necessarily the case is what you're saying. hundred percent. And and that's how running is too, right? Like if that was the case for running every time people would be injured even more than they are already. If they needed to push it to the point where they felt it the next two days, like ultimately we don't want that. And, and strength training has that because, uh, that kind of, um, mentality behind it especially recently with with the emergence of things like crossfit and these high intensity workouts people want to just feel blasted 
and that's not necessarily <laughs> the case. Like it's oh, like it, it, it just makes it, it makes you feel like you did something, but like it's how we've talked about in the past. Like there's an element of overtraining, so like you yeah. don't want to go overboard. You don't need to feel sore uh, every single time, and really you shouldn't feel sore. So um, when you st- start strength training you obviously will just how you mentioned like when you started running you would also be sore whether it's in your calves um, quads wherever um so for strength training it's gonna be the same deal so like the first two or three weeks you probably will end up with some soreness but the really key element to strength training is the frequency and really making sure that you are staying consistent so i feel like when you start a plan you need to really kind of be on it and and stay on it I, i feel like what happens a lot of times people will lift will get sore We'll wait until they're not sore again, like a week later, and then it's just like this process that keeps going. So yeah, um, that makes sense. So w- one thing I found that works really well is having like, two key workouts where you are kind of lifting heavy and it's going to activate as much muscle as possible, and it will be those workouts that might make you sore. And then surrounding them with two other workouts that are more like frequency workouts where you were just doing maybe like some light body weight movements, some, and they're still working in that full range of motion. And mm-hmm. as you're doing that, it still kind of sends that signal. It would be like the equivalent of running easy miles. Right, so you're still able to get the benefit of the movement and the range of motion, um, and you still kind of give like those key muscle building signals um, to your mind, to your body, so that you're able to adapt a little bit quicker. So I think when you start off, you should start off with like three to four days per week. Now, with that said, there's there's two things that come to mind. One is going to be the the amount of training somebody's doing already, right? So if they're doing maybe a couple of key workouts and then maybe running every other day or throwing in some days off, um, I think one of the biggest uh, fears is, or a lot of the confusion is, is like I'm doing, let's say, a hard workout on this day and like a hard workout on this day, and then now all of a sudden I'm supposed to put in what I think is going to be some more hard, if you may, into yeah. my training, like how does that fit in with those workouts and how does that, um, how does it typically play out when you already are doing some harder type efforts from the, uh, in your, in your running plan? Right. And, and the, and cause you don't want to overtrain, right? Like you feel like it's just, yeah. And then like if every day ends up being, so if you do a hard run on, let's say you have a hard workout on Tuesday and then you do a hard lift on Wednesday and then you do a hard work running workout on Thursday and then you do a hard lift on Friday and then you're doing a long run on Saturday. And then before you know it, every day is kind of hard. Mm -hmm. Um, like how do, how do you, um, what's typically a good way to kind of look at those efforts and, are they really even stepping on each other? Like, is it something that people need to be concerned with? So, yeah, that's a good question. And I don't necessarily think it does step on each other. I feel like it is such a different motion and movement um, that you can train both congruently. And, um, and again, that just kind of comes along with adapting and, and feeling, feeling okay with it. And, And the other thing you mentioned is, is the hard lift. I think a lot of times, it's like people are probably going a little bit too hard as far as almost the volume yeah. or intensity of their lift. Um, especially runners who don't, who have this mentality of like, like they get bored, like it's boring in a weight room to do a set mm-hmm. and rest for 90 seconds and then do another set. And they want to f- have this like feeling of, of like this hard accomplishment from the strength training. So 
runners in particular who had that go type A mentality, like let's, I want to sweat, I want to feel good, I want to make sure that I'm getting this workout in, I feel are going a little bit, doing a little bit too much. Um, yeah. So what would be a hard lift is, pr- and a hard like smart weightlifting session is not going to be what you may imagine it. Um, so it might be like one set of lower body like squats, then maybe some upper body something, and then maybe a secondary movement for, for your like lower body again. And then kind of just some like some core movements, some isometrics uh, or some concentric movements where it's not going to beat you up as much and with a lot of rest and a lot of time to recover in between Um, as opposed to doing like a circuit or doing Tabata. So I feel like where people do kind of get mixed up is just the the intensity and the volume of their hard days is probably a little bit too much. Yeah. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. And just just uh. I think focusing, just understanding that might actually just right off the bat make people feel better about it. I know that I've been in a situation where you know, I try to put together a, a regimen and I, it's later in a night and I know the next morning I'm going to be doing like a, 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 tra- a try to get in a track workout. So I just skip that workout, that lifting workout altogether because I'm like, you know what, I don't want to be tired in the morning, you know, and, you know, maybe I, didn't have the frequency going as much or some of these things that you, if you were to implement, you might feel a little bit more inclined to get that type of workout in and not worry about the fact that they're going to beat up your legs for that key workout you have the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also brings me to my next thought, which is this law of specificity, right? And I remember, you know, talking to my, our old coach, coach Glavin, and, and he used, he was pretty big on that. Although we would do a lot of, uh, he did force us to go to the gym, which I actually did see some, like definitely saw some improvements. And I, I was thankful for that, that we had that time, not just because they were forcing us to do it, but uh, in the beginning, you know, I was like, oh, I'm here. I might as well do something. Right. And I just really did see some of the differences. But with that said, I also know that like we were in college and we had all the time in the world. Right. So like you have somebody who's maybe has five hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And they want to run a race. And let's say, at what point do we say, all right, well, five hours of running is, is going, like, if they have five hours and we thought, like, another hour of running, um, if another hour freed up, would we just say, all right, look, you're still going to get more benefit from an extra hour of running than you would with an extra hour of, of weight training um, implemented? Do you know what I'm saying? So, like... At what point do we look at aerobic um, benefits and all these things, and like, and where does that like law of specificity meet the like, like I guess meet the the, the strength training? And um, is there any like any sort of like thought you have as far as like at what point is it going to be um, more beneficial to add the strength training versus more running? If there is that time restriction type of a um, you know, or is it just like, Hey, look, you're going to benefit from having X amount of percentage of your actual training dedicated towards strength training. And, um, yeah, yeah. So I totally understand what you're saying. And like the, the argument that you can't push back against is the best way to get better at running is by running. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at. And I'm not trying to downplay the importance of strength training. I just think that, you know, if there is that extra few minutes, am I better off going off out for an extra 15 minute double right. to build aerobic endurance 
versus like picking up the weights. For sure. And I feel like that's where the majority of like running coaches kind of stand and, um, and like, it's not, not true. And like the, the example that you gave is hard when it's someone who has five hours a week. Right. Um, and kind of my pushback on that is there is an element of, so it's like the old saying, it's like practice makes perfect. Right. And then there's a step further. It's like, okay, well, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. And adding like strength training and like core strength and mobility, that kind of makes that practice perfect practice. So strength training yeah. could make your running better every single time out. So that's kind of why I feel like they should blend together and it really shouldn't be an either or. Um, and then, so the, I feel like with those five hours, it should have the strength pl- training in there uh, as a way to really maximize the potential of, of, of the run. That and, makes a lot of sense. And, and so like when they want to be able to, and then that comes down to the individual. It's like, okay, can you find time to add more miles? Um, so I, I don't, I don't start with running and then add strength. It, it starts on the same plane. Gotcha. Um, just to make, just to make it all kind of like synergize. So, together. so what, what you're almost saying is, is that like by adding the strength training, let's say you have the five hours and you free up another, another hour instead of just adding more of that running by adding the, the extra hour of strength training, you're actually maximizing the five hours you already have running and you're able to actually use that time more efficiently to get better by having this, this aspect of strength training. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and that's like where I feel like the big a potential for strength training is for runners is, is to make their run better through more power production through, uh, better recovery like when you lift heavy you get a hormonal hormonal response where you'll release growth hormone release uh, testosterone that will make you recover better and not just from the muscles you lift because it's not localized once you release that hormone everything will get will recover faster like you don't really get that with running nearly as much as weightlifting and also you become more efficient so you like another one that you mentioned glavin i don't know if he's talked about that i remember he used to talk about this when it comes to like spikes or shoes he would like like if you had spikes and you stuck into the ground versus regular shoes where you'd slip, you would lose that much energy each time. And over the course of an entire race, it's a, a ton of energy. Yeah. You can kind of apply that to strength training as well. If like you have some, some movement that takes place or some uh, instability that you could clear up through running, like it's not a ton of energy to like have your body readjust that unstable movement each stride. But over the course of a three, four hour, five hour race, it ends up being a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how strength training should be thought of. Like that you're going out there with the best tool. Like your body is your tool in, in this case. And just making sure it's fine tuned in all the way possible so that you're able to get the most benefit out of your run. Um, so that, no, but, I mean that makes sense because like, there is an aspect of, like you said, strength training with just running, right? So like, you know, when I'm coaching an athlete, I'll look at that, the efficiency factor, right? So like, I could have an athlete who can run, could run for a day and not stop, right? And their aerobic capacity is just really awesome. And I, I, and I sometimes I'll say, all right, well, look, you know, you, you can run for a long period of time, but, but what if we, we took that same effort and took it from an eight minute to a seven minute and you were still able to run for a full day 
and I think that it sounds like to me it's a lot in in the same way as like building that kind of like efficiency and even speed in a sense, like which would come from stronger muscles. And I think that's the way I think about it when I'm with athletes is that like, you know, the, the strength training or the strength part of your training versus the aerobic part of your training more towards like the, the lactate lactic threshold type of workouts versus the aerobic threshold um, type of workouts is you're building that like ability to say, Hey, look, wouldn't it be great if your effort was a five and you're running an eight minute mile. And now all of a sudden we've built the strength. So that same effort, you're able to push a, a seven minute mile versus like how long you can run. Mm-hmm. And um, so it sounds like it's like a, like a kind of the same thing. Like you're kind of like building those muscles up to be stronger. So every step that you take is just going to give you that much more of a, um, you know, of a, a faster pace, if, 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 I guess in the simplest sense. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know much about physics, but from the, like a physics standpoint, like it's the ground force reaction that you, you can create from uh, your body from the ground is what propels you forward. So like the more power you can produce in that will make you go faster and the less effort it will take for you to produce that power is just another element. Like, like you'd mentioned, like the aerobic base is a part of the running and then like the strength and the lactic threshold is another part. And, and this is another part that need, that can be taken in, into consideration. Yeah. And, um, and this might it, be for a different time too, is like the flexibility. I mean, I know that like, obviously we're not really here to talk about that, but I imagine that's also it's part of it. Yeah. Part of it. And I know you're big on that too. with like some of the mobility, um, stuff you'll build into the, to the, to the workouts. Yeah, hundred percent. And the mobility pieces, uh, like your strength training can actually work as mobility as well. Um, again, with the frequency and if you're doing it to a certain range of motion and a lot of times people push back about strength training and they, oh, they get so stiff and this and that. Like if you are doing with proper form and proper range of motion and making sure like it's another way to really work your mobility, like my mobility has never been better. Uh, if I'm doing deep squats and, and lunges and things like that, like it, it helps you move in certain ways and gives your body that trust that it can move in certain ways that, um, it just kind of opens up a different level of movement. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes sense. Um, and the, uh, I guess the, with all that, like, and that's a lot of like really great information. Um, are there some things that you say that like some of the, you already hit on some of the common mistakes. Are there other things that people might do wrong or maybe they focus on uh, like just simple little things. Um, some of the things you've seen that, that some people should, should try to be aware of to, to stand clear of when they're, when they're doing some strength training. Yeah. And so one of the common things is as runners endurance athletes, like endurance is what we're, is our ultimate goal, right? So like everything we want to do is like making better endurance, making ourselves more fatigue resistance. Um, in the weight training world, like the weightlifting world, there's a couple different ways to work out much like how with runners, they'll be like, you know, interval, like VO2 interval, uh, intervals or uh, threshold intervals, base work, you know, whatever. Um, there's different levels to, to work on strength, to work on building muscle and then what they would call muscular endurance. And so muscular endurance would be anywhere from like the 20 to like 40 rep range. And that is essentially the, like base training for a strength athlete. So you would do these strength workouts so that you, these strength endurance workouts so that you could handle more workouts, more work when it comes to like your hypertrophy or your strength work. Um, so when runners and endurance athletes go into the gym, they think that 
because they're working on their endurance that they should do in muscular endurance workouts. Um, so they'll get lightweight and they'll lift in reps from 20 to 30 to 40 because they feel like that's going to help their endurance. But, but really they're, that is not going to maximize their endurance the way that like their actual sport would like something like just going running. So mm -hmm. running for three miles will work on your endurance more than doing sets of 50 for squats. It's just so people kind of spin their wheels that way um, when they really should be in there lifting heavier and kind of lifting okay. in that. Ultimately, I would love to see runners kind of lift in that three to five rep range, which is maximal strength training. So that's how like someone who's doing a strongman competition or a powerlifting competition would lift. And if you ever see those people, they're not like particularly defined or jacked. They're just huge and they can lift a ton of weight, right? So they're working on moving the max amount of weight possible. And that's where runners are going to get the most bang for their buck when it comes to their power output and getting that hormonal response that I spoke to before. Um, but they kind of need to work their way into that. So, and in that six to 12 rep range is where you actually will add muscle. That's called hypertrophy training. So that's what you would see like a bodybuilder, like a dude who's super yoked, who's on stage or who has like, you, you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Those are, that's kind of their rep range. So I'd love for runners to start in that rep range and then slow and then add weight as they feel comfortable and drop their reps uh, in accordance until they kind of get find like a really heavy weight for them in that like three to five rep range. Yeah. Okay. So, so, all right. So we're looking at three to five and then six to 12 and, and then 20 to 40. So we want to maybe avoid, and that makes right off the bat, you said what you said makes per perfect sense because we're doing a lot of endurance training. So maybe, you know, we're not, maybe we're just, we're being redundant in a way. Um, and then with their, you hit on a point there with the six to 12 and that bulkiness. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think maybe many runners, you know, we think, we think lighter, faster, um, and, I do understand that like there is like a happy medium there. Like I think there's probably an ideal weight. like, and muscle carries you. You don't carry it at a certain point. Like you don't want to be like you said, uh, running a marathon and like one of those guys on the stage at the same time. Yeah, right. So like, just, <laughs> just jacked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, my, my thought is, is like something, and I think, imagine some of the listeners are thinking like, well, I don't want to bulk up. Like I want to get faster over a long distance, depending on what their distance is, right? Like it might be, be a different thought. Um, are you, are you saying that like, we, we probably want to lift heavier because it, we're not going to bulk up as much or is that not even really a consideration? Yeah. 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 Um, that's like the number one thing. Well, coming from like the regular like fitness world, like you hear that all the time. It's like, oh, I just don't want to get bulky. It's like, I want to be lean. Yeah. I just want to uh -huh. be lean. Um, so I want striations, you know, I, I want, just, I want long, I just, I just want to lengthen. Just, I want to get bulky. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of things with that. So yes. So if you lift for maximal strength, like there is no, it will be much harder to put on muscle. Um, You'll gain strength um, and, and potentially muscle with that, especially if you're a, a novice. Like you may just you may add muscle, um, or but most likely it's just going to be come out and uh, most likely what would happen is you would end up burning more fat and it might look like you're putting on muscle because you are just have more muscle defined as you shed fat. Um, because ultimately to put on muscle you have to be in a caloric uh, surplus, and 
running by nature is catabolic. Like it is not an anabolic activity like weightlifting. So as you're running, your body is looking to become more efficient. So it will look to shed off fat because it thinks it doesn't need it Mm -hmm. um, to really maximize its endurance. And it is such a calorically expensive activity like running or something like, like mountain running, cross country skiing, those type of things are like the most calorically expensive. So it's really hard to eat enough to put and, and do strength training to actually put on muscle. And it's, again, it's like that opposite hormonal signal. Like you're sending, mm-hmm. you're sending catabolic signals as opposed to anabolic. So it's really, really hard to put on muscle. And like, I, I always try, I also try to tell people, it's like, if it was that easy to get bulky or get put on muscle, you'd see way more jacked people. There's a lot of people who go to the gym and there's a lot of people who are not jacked. So it's really not yeah. that easy. Just go lift weights and put on muscle. What would potentially happen is you will lose fat and you will look like you'll, you put on muscle. Um, but the chances of it actually happening are, are, are pretty slim without you actually trying to eat in a surplus. And then you'll be lifting. And then when you start lifting in that six, or like six to 12 rep range, is where you're going to start to um, to train the body to add muscle, and essentially what that's doing is it's um, uh, actually I, I won't really want to talk touch on that. I haven't spoken about that in an intelligent <laughs> fashion, so let's get that. No, but, but you I, did say that like that big word was a high high hypertrophy, hy- hy- hypertrophy. Yeah, hypertrophy. Is that just in this, in, in the simplest sense what? It's just a, a, the body addressing the effort in a different way. Yeah, since so, since the reps are higher. Okay, so I'm gonna uh, fine. I'll try. You don't have to talk about the whole thing. I just I think that like it just, just is there yeah. an easy way like we'll get the, we'll get through this together. You you and I will figure it out. <laughs> uh, so it's like it, since it's a higher rep range, what it's going to do it's going to add more um, energy reserves to your muscle, which is glycogen, right? So it makes room to store that muscle um, so that you next time you do get in that like 8 to 12 to 10 rep range because those are those weights where you start to lift and you really do start to feel that like burn and like you're really starting to pump it out and that's when you actually get that like muscle pump because so much um, blood is flowing to that one area yeah, since yeah, it yeah. is a longer effort. So you will start to store more glycogen and your body will um, make space for that glycogen and also what comes with glycogen is water. So you really have to expand that muscle to fit the water and the glycogen in there. And that's how the muscle ends. That's how you end up looking like you're bigger because it literally is, is puffing okay. the muscle out so that it can store more energy and more water. See, I was under the impression your glycogen storage didn't change a whole lot. And maybe that's just relative to endurance training. And that's why like we, we think about like, I, and again, I, I might come like, I, I thought it was a certain amount of milli milligrams and maybe it was like 1200 milligrams or just like, like you have like a finite amount of, of glycogen that your body can store. Um, and I'm, I know more about that for like, you know, the carb loading and making sure you're ready for like some of these longer efforts. I talk about, I'll talk about that and making mm-hmm. sure that you increase upwards of 20% um, of, of carbs, you know, leading into some of those longer efforts. So you're saying your body can actually increase that amount. Um, but the, the cost is, is actually um, larger amounts of muscle. Yeah. And, and and you can actually improve from what I understand, you can improve your carbohydrate utilization and storage through training as well. Um, and yeah, like someone who has bigger muscles will store more glycogen. They'll be able to eat more. They'll be able to, okay. to eat more carbs uh, to, to sustain that. Um, 
And uh, th that could ultimately be an argument. And I think some people in the strength world will would argue that for endurance, that if you are able to put on muscle, but then train in a way that you can maintain that muscle and then train it for endurance and then yeah. just create those pathways. Because that's what happens a lot too, is like you create these these new muscles, but you don't create the, the, the capillary beds and the, those uh, endurance um, pathways there so that you can't utilize that. So you're just kind of carrying extra weight yeah. without... It almost seems like there's an ideal weight for like your distance that you're trying to do. Like, you know, so there's, there's probably some sort of ideal happy medium when it comes to, for instance, like if you had somebody who's doing the Ironman and they're almost, they're mostly aerobic, you know, putting on that muscle, um, their goal is a little bit different with their fitness versus somebody who might be racing like a mile, let's say, mm -hmm. um, you know, who may benefit from just, and not talking about bulking up, but just a, like if they could really, really have a picture of it, it's probably hard to even like do a test and be like, "Hey, look, you would benefit by five percent more muscle or something." You know, like it's probably really hard to hone in on that. But I imagine just going through college and just hearing so much about like, "Oh, well, you, you know, five pounds of weight is worth this much on your five k time and all these things." I don't yeah. know if it's yeah, it's. I always thought that stuff was bogus. But yeah, you, you thought it was bogus that the extra weight. Well, no, I just thought that like those those comparisons, you know, it's one thing if you're 200 pounds, right, and you're overweight, and you can be like, hey, you cut off 10 pounds, and you'll cut off five you're minutes off your 10k time. time. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously that's obvious, right? But I thought at a certain level, and probably more for women, like, and you know, just just that whole like the pressure of being lighter and skinnier, and that is going to lead to faster, like. At a certain level, it, it might, but... Um. Yeah, and, and that is interesting. And I think that it is more of an a, almost a new school style of thought. Like, strength training hasn't been, like, really been utilized in that many sports for that long. And yeah. I feel like as it comes around, you will start to see, even, like, the women now that are at the highest level, I mean, they are muscular. I mean, they're, they're very lean, but they're not... They do look stronger than I feel like they have. Um, and I feel like... It, there is, there has to be a balance. Like there, there. I don't know where that weight cutoff would be, and I don't even know how you could find that out. Like where, like the power to weight ratio, like where that ideal ratio lands. And I'm sure it's different based on all the other like mechanical aspects of like probably like like height and, and the levers and, and like you know, and their mechanic and mechanics play a lot into this as well. Right? Yeah. Like if someone's mechanics aren't proper then like you might not be able to even utilize this strength because you're not, your running form is kind of like off and you're like leaking energy in other places. So you yeah. might not even get that, those benefits. Um, what are, what are some of the, um, what are some of the, the, the key movements you would say for running that, that people should be looking at to, to um, lot, like infinite number of things you can do in the gym. Right. And even just by yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are what are some of the movements would you say that are that people should be looking at to you know let's say even if they just picked like three four even if it's just the first three or just or just general movements that people should be looking at yeah so along the same lines of activating as much muscle as possible you want to and getting as strong as possible you want to figure out what that is going to look like for your strength training as well so it, it's going to be typically like your compound movements uh, which would be squats, deadlifts, and uh, lunges. Um, in particular, things like lunges are a really great place to start. Um, 
because they are single leg, it's a little bit more sports specific. And then you can load as you can go and you can do those at home. And the, your form and the amount of weight that you'll be able to lift while doing the lunge will really be less. So it will dictate your form a little bit more, if you know what I mean. Like if, you put, if you're trying to lift a heavy, doing like a heavy deadlift, you might be worried that you will do it wrong. Um, so I, I think like lunges are a really good place to start if you're going to be doing it at home. So just like some single leg work, even like things like box step ups. So uh, stepping up straight onto whatever, like your, a chair or table or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or another, is another great place to start. Like, but if you do have gym access, doing things like squats and not necessarily even like barbell back squats, but like goblet squats. So moving the weight to, the, to your center to like holding it in front of your chest, like right underneath your chin and doing squats that way will really help put you in the proper position. Because one thing you don't want to do is have like your chest dip forward. And when you have a heavy barbell on your back, like you'll and, and you're not focused on your form, you're like you'll tip forward pretty easily. So if you move that weight to your center, you'll be able to move better and still get a good amount of weight in the front. So kettlebell gotcha. or dumbbell, uh, goblet squat, um, and lunges, and then almost like like Olympic style type lifts. Like it sounds like you know the, the deadlift, mm-hmm. the, the you know the squat. Um, some of the, yeah. the, that's just what that those remind me of. One hundred percent. If we're gonna pick, if we're gonna pick nick, pick nits here, John. Olympic lifts are uh, cleans and jerks and snatches. Like power lifts would be. Yeah, I mean, I squats. guess like going over the head is like where it loses me because like you know. And like the sport specific. Then we're using the arms more, and it's not in my mind is necessary, which is just, good because I'm not very strong. Yeah, well, that's all power <laughs> production. That's all just like that's more core than arms at, at all. It's like yeah, jumping the weight up overhead, which again, like. Is it do you, like that's working as hard as you can for a split second? You know, so that's kind of on the opposite end. That's like the, the ultimate extreme of strength, which, and then it gets too, a little bit too technical. Uh, I don't think Olympic lifts are, are necessary, but like power lifts, deadlifts, squats, yeah, front squats, lunges. explosive kind of move. Those explosive kind of movements, I guess. Um, it, that would be Olympic lifts, and yeah. like there might be a place for them, but. I wouldn't necessarily recommend. But so it's even simpler than that. It's just like the squat, like you said, the those squat deadlift, now overhead back press. To the, and let's bring this back to one of the things you said earlier. Is one of the things that's coming into my head now is like, all right, well, I'm by myself at home. If I can do forty lunges, um, like I'm kind of going into that redundant space, right? So do I need to look into maybe? picking up a couple of kettlebells so I can bring that down to five. It would certainly help. And another thing that also helps with that are doing things like um, isometrics or tempo work. So say if you're doing a, uh, a squat, for instance, doing tempo work would be lowering yourself for five seconds. So going real slow and like pausing for five at the bottom and then coming up at normal speed. Um, so this will limit, this will make it harder to do, your own body weight by go by regulating the, the pace of the work okay. um, so that you might not be getting into the, that like 40, 50, 60 rep range. Um, okay. and, and ultimately if that's all you have, like, and that's all you can do is doing like yeah. two minutes of lunges after you run, like, yeah, it's better than nothing. Um, but like I said before, like if you're going to go to the gym, if you're going to spend time, like don't do that, but um, doing that or like even in like holding a split squat and like holding it at half, um, and, and holding it like you would hold a plank, just an isometric hold is another good way to kind of really help like with that, um, 
maximal strength and, and, and stability. We, we very rarely on this, on this, um, I mean, we're pretty awesome, right? So, I, I mean, think, that's, I that's so, a given, so. Yeah. but we very rarely talk about how, uh, like how this applies to what the ways maybe we can help people or, or more specifically some of the things that you will, will add into the workout. Um, and, uh, like how, what could, what could somebody without like coming across as a you know, sales pitch, but in a sense, in a sense it is because it's not just for you. It's for, for trainers everywhere. Like what could someone expect and why, why is it important that I, um, come to you for, for help with this? Like what are some of the things that someone can expect, um, as far as like the approach and what are some of the, the things that, that, what are some of the benefits, the clear benefits? Mm. So how should we toot our own horn here? Um, so one thing that like, I, like we talked about before is our coach in college. And this is one thing that I think about a lot, um, is that, yeah, like he made us go to the weight room. Um, and I don't know about when you were there, but when I was there, I was at the weight room, but he wasn't in the weight room. Like he was never there. Like and no, he, he was never there. And look, I know I, I bust bust Glavin's balls. If he was ever to like to hear this, I think like I think there's, you know, it, it was just it's a different. It was a different time, and it was a different. I, I knew Glavin like I think that he he expected a, us to to um to kind of take it to the next level. And some of us actually went out and like I just got online. I wasn't even online at the time. I probably used like an, an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, we used the library. <laughs> <laughs> And I just I, I put together and te- and actually Brian was was a big part of it. He was like a big stretcher. Like, I don't know his brother Terrence. Mm. Um, you know, like there was we just brought it together. Like, hey, look, and we just said, hey, well, what can we do while we're here? Um, and put together a plan. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely there were some people just kind of like you could see like Pat Nacito was Pat Nacito was leaning in if there was a girl there like you know chatting it up. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they, like that's like the thing like again yeah no slight on him and like this I was gonna get to example of like no I so, yeah when I was there we would we would sit there and wait around and then go go for a run and yeah. like is that good for team and community like yes like I, when when I was there it, and when I was a senior and a captain humble brag there like these dudes wouldn't show up for running so I wouldn't show up for lifting so I was almost having to fight dudes to get there just for the sake of like making it a like team effort not even because yeah. it, i thought it was good for like our performance but just to be there as a team yeah and disrespectful to like not be there it was disrespectful as fuck and i would get so upset and <laughs> still get upset um and uh but yeah but like so we would go there and we wait around for like 20 minutes and then we just go for a run right mm-hmm. and like pretty much every running coach or any person who is into running that much and who has really ran at that level has, has all, they've all been taught to some extent by other runners. Um, and like, it just kind of like this cycle of like, okay, to get better at running, you need to run. And like the same type of mindset. And like a lot of people mm-hmm. haven't really branched outside of like that running specific world. Um, and so the things that I've seen and I've done, like I've, I've have gotten several like strength and conditioning certifications I've worked in a capacity where I've seen small group, uh, like boutique fitness, I've done like functional fitness, like CrossFit, um, I, I'm coaching these things, I should say. I've done, I've coached uh, one-on-one and, and trained people in person. So uh, there are typical patterns that do emerge from 
the general public when it comes to their movement patterns and, and for runners and non-runners alike. And being able to kind of know what people are capable of doing and knowing what they can and should do, um, I think are things that get lost when reading things like Runner's World magazine or when talking to like a specific running running coach. Um, we're on the opposite end, like a strength coach who doesn't have like this running specific like background and mentality, they they are so light on the runners that they don't expect them to be able to do anything. So they, that's when you see a lot of these strength workouts being like, all right, do like 20 clamshells and do um, donkey kicks. And they end up being like more like physical therapy type movements and actually treating them like athletes and allowing them to like help them move and be stronger and become more able to go out there and, and run hard and work out hard. So like that, and that's something that I've really tried to hone and craft with a lot of the athletes that we coach and, and, and a lot of people who I've seen in person and, and myself and my own experiences, how does this translate uh, and how, what are you capable of? And just because some, like there is, there's a traditional way to do things doesn't mean you shouldn't push those and, and see what, what everyone's capable of. So those are things that I'm not afraid to do and not afraid to kind of push those boundaries and, and, and give these runners what they, what I feel like they can accomplish. Um, so yeah, long answer for that. Like basically I've just seen more. Than no, just I one. don't think it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it might seem obvious to me, but I just thought that it might, we should, we should touch on that. And I think one of the things that we're going to bring to people is, is the guidance to, to add that in. And I, it's too many times I see whether it's with the running and it's no different for the strength training is, is somebody, I have people everywhere that I always want to like I want to reach out to them because I see them making mistakes on Strava and, and they're frustrated because they're not seeing results. And I want to reach out to them and I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know. And But I also know that there's – forget about like the money that's, that's involved with you know, all these other th- aspects. It's just like, man, I really want to help them and I know that I can. And I think it's no different with the strength training, right? So like if you're going to make this leap, you know, consider whether – even, even if it's not us. Like t- obviously we would love if it was. But, um, you know – just ask somebody it, it, and it's no different than like almost so many things in our lives. Like if you were going to put together a financial plan, like, you know, you might reach out to a financial planner. Um, and I think that if you don't, you can make some serious mistakes that could really just, and you end up wasting your time getting yourself hurt or just, um, and I just think just understanding where the rubber meets the ground as far as like how that's going to look. But in the beginning, like, so, Hey Rich, like, I want to get started. Like, what what can I expect? Like, what what, what are we going to do? Like, are you going to ask? Are you going to ask me some questions? And then and then we're going to start here, like a couple days a week. Or and obviously everybody might be different, but what can what can I expect? So yeah, it does depend on on how much you um, want want to invest in it personally. So it's uh, a matter of there is like a general uh, like philosophy and guideline that. I can provide them, which would more, more be like a one-off program. Be like, okay, most runners uh, will benefit from this type, these type of movements progressed in this type of fashion cycled throughout 12 to 16 weeks. Um, here's exactly what will work for runners. Um, Implement it on your own. Uh, and then there could be more of like a one-on-one type of coaching where I, which would come with a more mobile, like a mobility assessment. Um, and then that's a big part of people's hang up with that is that they don't want to get hurt. They don't know what they should be doing. They don't know what is good, right for them. So having some sort of mobility assessment and just kind of uh, movement screening um, mm-hmm. is another good place to start. And just to making sure that like, okay, you probably shouldn't do full depth squats yet. So let's start with squats to a chair, squats to a, squats to a bench, um, 
let's not work overhead as much. Let's work on pulling your upper back and shoulders. So let's do more of like ring rows or horizontal rows before, before going up overhead type of thing. So um, it, it, it depends on like your background and, and really the type of person who you are. Um, and there's whichever one you feel is best because there are a couple of different avenues for that. Yeah, and we can we can help people both both those ways. We have so obviously technology is a big part of our lives, and 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 uh, you know I know that there's some things that that, that we use. What are some of the things that like you think are going to be like benefits um, as far as how they meet with the doing these workouts properly and and staying in touch? And when it comes to the strength training stuff, is there anything that we're using that you think is going to be um, worth mentioning? So well, yeah, I know it is worth mentioning, but yeah, yeah, and a lot of it is just like the video demos and having yeah. making, making sure, and it does make it pretty easy now to to see what the actual movements are, and if you needed to like record yourself or to see what you look like again, that kind of goes along the same lines of the mobility assessment. But there, there's it's so easy to give people movement de- demonstrations yeah. about like and, and movement cues and what they should feel and what it should look like um, versus something just like written. Um, so obviously that's a big part of it, and and being able to to see how people move uh, is another thing that is pretty beneficial. Most people are just I think they're just afraid they're going to hurt themselves. You know they mm-hmm. hear these stories of so many like so many times as to like they just don't want to be doing it wrong. Um, and I, I think they're obviously smart for for feeling that way. You know I think a lot of people, it's, even runners, they've been running their whole lives. They're embarrassed, like because they don't want to do it wrong. You know it's like they're at the gym and. You know, so I think that just um, that's a big part of it. They just they it's almost a self fulfilling prophecy. Like I'm a runner, I've never lifted in the gym, so I'm yeah, not yeah, going to do it. it. And like that's one thing that I really would implore people to do. Um, and you, and you, and you mentioned before, like what is something else they could do? It, it, they could get a couple sessions with a personal trainer just to see how they do move, and and, and then they can take things like resources like this podcast or other um, other strength resources meant for endurance and kind of take that after they've taken a couple sessions with a personal trainer and learn themselves a little bit more. Um, but aside from that, I really do, I really do want to push these endurance athletes to go to the gym. Cause one thing that is for damn sure is that nobody knows what they're doing at the gym. Like if you go in there any time of the day, there is someone doing something ridiculously stupid all the time. And no one knows. I love those YouTube videos, man. With guys like oh, flying around with like the, I don't, the wires me, and like oh, it makes me cringe. It's I so hate funny. it so much. I, I and like the one thing, like I have a background in CrossFit. I've been doing. It, I've been coaching it. And like, the one of the bad raps of CrossFit is that like people get hurt. Um, and I think just because it has the name and like one the names associated with the type of injuries that happen, like sure, whatever, people get hurt. But like, and but people think it's because of a lack of form. But if you go to any gym, like the form that you see on people is so outlandish and it's just, and then other people watch what other people are doing and they just kind of replicate it. And they're all just kind of like awkwardly not knowing what they're doing and doing, having terrible form at all times. So like, if you're worried about being embarrassed going to the gym because you don't know what you're doing, like no one knows what they're doing. It takes like a long <laughs> time to do it. So there's no, there's nowhere you're going to learn unless you, you go and do it because like, I promise People have no clue what they're doing in that place. Yeah, it it is. I mean, I think the biggest, my favorite mistake is, or not mistake, but is watching the guy. Like, I don't know. I'm not an expert on form, but I know enough about it when I see somebody who's lifting way too heavy of weight. Oh, just yeah. because they want to lift the heavier weight. 
you know, and that, that you know, whether it's just a simple curl, um, you know, <laughs> and their back, back is all <laughs> yeah. back and they're ready to snap in half. And yeah, um, I mean, I've been that guy. I've definitely been that guy. Like, and it has a lot of ego involved in it. It's like, and there's these numbers that are there too, and you can kind of fudge them and, um, and you want to just add more every time. Um, but yeah, just like checking the ego and just getting, getting in there and, and doing, and doing something is, um, and that's where a program and a plan helps and having like some sort of video direction and, and just some, a little bit of accountability and having a resource that you can trust and you can go to is helpful so that when you go to the gym, it's not just like, Oh my God, like, what do I do? And, uh, and you just can't wait to leave because that's what, that's what we were in college. We just got in there and then we got, we, we went there and just couldn't wait to leave to go for a run. So, um, it doesn't have to be that way. And like you're, you are going to miss out on some of the potential gains that you have. And it's just one of those other things that you have in within your control, you know? So like not addressing it is leaving performance on the table. And even if you try and you feel like you aren't benefiting from it, at least you now, you know, so like, it's just something, it's just another element that you do have control over. And those are things you should address. Good stuff. Well, that's, that's a lots of information. That is a, a smorgasbord. Whole smorgasbord of info. Um, um, yeah, so with that, I mean, um, we have plenty of resources on the website when it comes to strength training. Uh, reinforcedrunning.com. Uh, check out the blog over there. There's several articles on strength training itself. Um, and if you haven't yet, uh, please sign up for the newsletter. You can get your free Run Faster guide at reinforcedrunning.com backslash runfaster. So when you check that out, you'll um, get some cool resources that are sent your way, uh, and and we also do have um, a like a, like a free three day training um, program that you want if you want to take a, a look at a sample. And we actually did just launch a, a full sixteen week strength training program. So if you are interested in looking in something like that, uh, just hit us up on. Um, uh, email uh, rich at reinforcedrunning.com or just head on over to the website and, and contact us. That and way. all the socials. All the socials. Reinforced running, reinforced underscore running, underscore rich. John, what you are, wait, hold on, J, uh, J H W 3. John H. Williams. John three. H. Williams. Damn it. I had a that's little my, That's my, that's Instagram. That's my, that's my IG. That's the IG, man. <laughs> Follow up for the cutest pictures of twins. <laughs> I should be. I'm gonna start posting real stuff. You know, I can't, those are like that's real. That's the real as the, it gets. The, ha- the happy moment. <laughs> no, not that it's always happy, but you know what I mean. Oh, I posted oh, the hanging the, off the walls and <laughs> behind the po- scenes stuff. poop on the walls. Yeah, 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 that's the stuff you should post. on my on my face. <laughs> that'd be good. That that'd be a good Instagram follow. People probably like, yeah, people would probably be more interested in that than John keeps it real. All right, well. Thanks for all that, Rich. Uh, and uh, until next time, cool, um, man. We'll uh, we'll we'll see. I guess we'll talk to everyone uh, next week. Talk to you soon. Later. <laughs>